we are daughters, that's our name. <laughs> we can... Oh, yeah. <laughs> Let's go. God does not abandon us. Okay, cool. Let's do it. Let's do it. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Daughters Podcast. We're six young Catholic friends just trying to live out our identities as beloved daughters of God. We want to share our conversations with you in hopes that you too might see the ways that God is working in the joyful and the sorrowful mysteries of your lives. Thanks so much for joining us. In the name of the Father, Father, Son, Holy Holy Spirit, Spirit, amen. Come Holy Spirit, teach us how to pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this time together. We ask you to sit here with us. We ask you to increase our humility, rid our minds of our own thoughts and fill them with thoughts of you. Give us the words to say and give us the hearts and minds to receive those words. St. Mary Magdalene, pray for us. Amen. All right. So something that's been on my heart a lot recently and it's just been coming up in my prayer life a lot is this concept of like the things that I am trying to kind of force in my life or like cling to in my life. And I, um, as I was sitting with this and reflecting on this a little bit, it just I was realizing more and more that there are certain things that like I cling to because I don't trust enough that God will provide for me in times of need. Um, and just like I feel like I need to make sure that I have like all of these safeguards set up in my life. And that word kept coming to me. And um, so I was thinking about scripture that like kind of talks about this. My husband's actually favorite Bible verse came to mind is uh, Matthew 6. Uh, it's Matthew 6, starting at verse 26. And it says, um, look at all the birds in the sky. They do not sow or reap. They gather nothing into barns. Yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are not you more important than they? Can any of you be worrying? Can any of you by worrying at a single moment to your lifespan? Why are you anxious about clothes? Learn from the way the wildflowers grow. They do not work or spin. But I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was clothed like one of them. If God so clothes the grass of the field, which grows today and is thrown into the oven tomorrow, will he not much more provide for you? O oh, you of little faith. Um, and I love that verse, like, look at the way the wildflower grows and just like sitting with that and thinking about like all of the ways in which like I, yeah, I'm just like clinging to these things in my life. And one of the things I like relationships are very important to me, like my relationship with my friends, my relationship with my husband. And I feel the need to like almost not force those things in my life, but like cling to those things because it's like, oh, well, if like something goes wrong, if like my life starts to fall apart and God's not there. And he like he won't take care of me. And so I need to make sure that I have these things in my life so that these other people can take care of me. Um, and, yeah, so I just kind of want to open those up about, like, what are the things that we feel like we're – like, what are the ways in which we think, like, we're afraid that God might abandon us or, like, um, not take care of us in the moments of hardship? And what are some of the things you guys feel like you might cling to or, like, add in as safeguards in your life? Ooh. can you repeat the first part again so yeah so what are like some of the things that you guys feel like you might be clinging to in your life just in case god like 
won't take care of you or like walling yourself off from. Um, but just, yeah, the, th- the ways in which you don't think God will like take care of you if something goes wrong. I feel like for me, um, a lie that I often hold on to and cling to is that my ministry depends on me mm. and that, you mm. know, like I spend all of my week, like it's it's not a hobby, like it's my job and like I spend all of my week preparing for youth group or an edge night or whatever it is. And I think that like I have to come up with everything and that it like if I don't like there's nobody else that does my job. And like if I if I don't do it and like which is true, like if I don't put in the work, like it's not going to happen. But at the same time, there's like a level of distrust in God that he's not going to like provide me the words to say or like the prayer to use or whatever it is. And I become so um I cling so much to, like, whatever my plans are that in the moment of, like, we should do something different, like, I have a hard time changing and, like, trusting that it is what needs to happen. Mm. I think something that um, I've been thinking about a lot recently just is how I actually cling on to my wounds. Mm. Um and just an example of that, I was in a relationship a couple years ago that ended very poorly. And some of the things that were said to me in that relationship basically made me feel like I wasn't enough. Like you have all these amazing qualities, but basically it's not enough. And so I've been clinging on to that lie for a really long time. Um, and recently being on a retreat, had this prayer where I realized that it felt safer to cling on to the idea and the lie and the woundedness of not being enough because it felt safer than like the actual truth of being enough and not having anything like happen. Like if I am worthy of being in a good relationship with like a man who's willing to lay down his life for me and it's not happening, then why? Mm -hmm. And so it's easier for me to just cling, oddly enough, to just cling on to like the woundedness that I experience rather than to cling on to the freedom and allow Jesus to like come in and and do the healing because it makes more sense. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know if that makes sense. And I feel like the risk there by living in that truth is the risk of, okay, well, what if I believe this is true, that I am worthy, but then God doesn't show up and mm-hmm. affirm that, you yeah. know? And that's something, that's such a deep fear and just, like, wound, I think, that I personally have, but I think we probably all, to some extent, do that fear that God will not show up. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's something that I am constantly kind of wrestling with, is do I really believe that, you know? Um And because I I also know that sometimes God showing up looks like suffering and Mm -hmm. I'm going to have to suffer and I can't avoid that. And I really hate suffering. Um, But yeah, like that's part of it. And so I think I cling to things um, to try to avoid that suffering. Yeah, that I think is like the perfect articulation of what's kind of been on my heart of just um, this idea of like, what if he doesn't show up? And what it like one of my really good friends always like would tell me that in her prayer life she was thinking about it and she always felt like the other foot she was waiting for the other foot to drop and she was always scared that this other foot would drop and like right now like life is pretty good you know like I I've got a great job I've got you know great friends like very holy relationship and all this stuff and like 
what happens if like those things go awry? And that's happened before in my life. You know, like I haven't always had just this like really easy, beautiful life. Like I, um, you know, had a very difficult relationship with my dad in high school and um, had a relationship at the beginning of college that ended like very traumatically. And I just like I so frequently forget that like I didn't die in those moments and I was okay. And like God provided in those moments. It didn't feel like it. Like I I was aching a lot of the time, but like I was never truly alone. He never just abandoned me. He never um, just like left me out to dry kind of thing. And yet I'm always almost like I feel like I'm living in this anticipation of like, well, what if something goes wrong? And like if it if something does go wrong, I need to have like all these measures in place. Whereas like I really feel like I need to be letting that go and just like mm-hmm. trusting in him that like a being present where I'm at and not feeling like I need to cling to things just to like protect myself. But um, trusting in him that like if they if something heaven forbid does go wrong, like he will be there. Yeah, I mean, at a human level, it's like we don't want to go back to that place of agony. Like once we've we've been there and suffered, it's like our natural human response to not want that again. Like mm. Jesus in the garden, you can see his his resistance and like his struggle with that. Mm. Um, but yeah, and it's like looking back, I can see how God was in those places. And some of the most profound moments of prayer have been in those kind of sorrowful mysteries of my life and actually praying with the sorrowful mysteries and Jesus's passion and just feeling his nearness Um but yeah, again, like as as a human who doesn't want to suffer and like biologically my body wants to avoid that, you know, it's like I really don't want to go back to that place. Mm-hmm. Mm. I feel like it's so interesting, too, that with each thing that happens, we we think that God will abandon us when like time and time again he has proved that he won't. And I think back to my last month in Central America and, and there were there were a lot of civil protests going on um, and it slowly became more and more apparent that I was going to have to leave early, uh, which was really hard for me at the time um, because I thought that I had three months left to spend with my host family. I wasn't sure if I was going to, as silly as this is, wasn't sure if I was going to be able to bring my dog back to the States because it was still summer and planes have like regulations. And I wasn't sure if I was going to have a job when I got back. And I had to get rid of my apartment. I had to break my lease there. I had signed a lease. And I just remember, like, God's faithfulness through all of that and how, like, within a week I had a job. Like, getting back to the States, like, everything just sort of fell into place. And yet time and time again, I doubt that, like, God is going to be faithful and that God is going to come through. It's like, oh, the enemy is so mean. (laughs) (laughs) Ain't that the truth? Okay, so what are some of the things that you guys feel like you cling to in your life or, like, are afraid of? Um, I think right now I'm very afraid of um, having postpartum depression. Mm-hmm. And um, wow, it's that's... because, yeah, it's a little dramatic. But No, um, no, no, no. It's uh, just, like, that's heavy. Yeah. Um, I do have a history of depression, and it's something that um, – you know, I think it's something that never really leaves you, but you just like work through. Um, and it does run in my family. Um, and it's such a, you know, common thing that people are starting to talk about a lot more now, but, um, I don't know, just like this fear. And so I like to plan and I have all these measures in place. I have a postpartum doula that's going to be coming to my house and, 
you know, helping us through those beginning stages. I'm going to have um, family coming. And we mm. literally have, like, the first two months of the baby's life, we have someone scheduled. Like, whether That's it's so good. Um, Chris with his paternity leave um, or in-laws or my own father. But there's going to be someone there. And I think um, I'm just afraid that I won't be able to like take care of this baby in the way that I'm meant to or I don't know there's all these fears and it's weird because this has been my dream my entire life and it's finally here and I'm just like what if I can't do it you know and I'm clinging on to all of this and I'm putting all these measures in place when really like I just need to trust like God is going to give me the strength to do it like he's going to give me the energy to get up um, in the, in the middle of the night, you know, Mm -hmm. and life goes on. And then I like look back at very difficult experiences in my life. And, and I think about it, I'm like, how on earth did I go through that? Especially as, you know, a 10 year old, a 12 year old, clearly that strength wasn't coming from me. It was coming from God. And so, like you said, um, Helen, God has proven time and time again, that he's there and he's going to be there. He's going to keep showing up. Hmm. And I don't need to put all these like, or maybe I do, you know, for my peace of mind, I need all these people in place, but still God is going to work through them. Well, and that's like, that's what I was going to say is like, he, you, you're being prudent in planning for that. But at the same time, like he's allowed their schedules to open up, you know, like he gave Chris the ability to take paternity leave. He's giving your dad, who's a doctor, like the ability to come to the States and like spend time with you. Mm -hmm. Um, like he's working in that too. And we have to be agents in that. Like we can't just say like flop on the ground and be like, all right, Lord, come for me. <laughs> um, you know, he, but he he enables those things in our life. That's true. But I think there's a difference between like clinging to that and trying to force it for yourself mm-hmm. versus allowing God to work through it. Hmm. I tend to have the opposite problem. And <laughs> <laughs> that like I don't plan. <laughs> So I'm just like, it'll all happen somehow. But I do I do often have, like, ideas in my mind of how things should go. And it's hard for me to let go of those ideas. Mm-hmm. So kind of like they're a little more loose than plans, I guess. Um, but, yeah, sometimes I think, like, I'll have, like, a vision for how something's supposed to happen. And if it starts happening differently, I'm just like, no, this isn't it. Like, this isn't right. <laughs> um, and just, yeah, I think – just having the willingness to let go um, and just uh, pray to God, tell him like, okay, well, like this isn't necessarily like how I saw this going or like what I wanted, but help me to let go of that desire because oftentimes it's out of like pride or selfishness that I wanted it to go whatever way that it's turning from. So just like help me to be open to the way that you want it to happen. Um. Yeah. And even in, I don't know, in times of hardship, it's been easier for me to not feel like God has abandoned me in those moments. But I think it's only because like I've worked through hard ones before. Like you have to go through a pretty big hardship to realize like God was there the whole time. And then even when another one comes, you have that experience to draw from of like, God, I know that you are still here in this moment. Um, 
So yeah, like I, I didn't necessarily feel like God like abandoned me uh, when my dad passed away, but I did feel like you allowed this to happen and I don't know why. And that like really hurts. Um, so kind of like going through that and like working through that with him, mm. but recognizing that like that whole time he was still there mm. and like the whole time that I was upset or suffering, he was with me. Even if I wanted, there were moments where I was like pushing him away. Like, I don't want to be with you right now. So just reflecting on that and realizing that whenever I was ready, um, he was there so I could go to him. I didn't have to feel like an abandonment. If anything, I was the one who was abandoning him because I was like, you know what? <laughs> like, I need space from you right now because I'm not very happy with you. Mm-hmm. But it made it easier when um, last year I had to have a somewhat major surgery. Uh, they found a, a benign tumor in my jaw, so they had to – it's a mandibulectomy, so they had to take out half of my mandible. And I remember going to the appointment, um, and when the doctor told me, like, oh, you know, we think it's a tumor, and this might be the the case of what we have to do to deal with it, I was at the appointment alone, and I left – and when I, like, pushed out the door to leave the office, my first thought was, like, God, you are still good. Mm-hmm. Like, even in those moments where it feels like suffering and, like, mm-hmm. there are moments where I guess your inclination would be to feel like God isn't there. I knew that, like, no matter what, like, he was. So, And it's only because of, like, suffering in the past that had allowed me to see, like, how he stayed with me. Mm-hmm. That brings up a really interesting point, I feel like, because you – like, in the midst of suffering, I always feel like God gives me the grace to recognize his presence. Mm-hmm. Um, like, again, never have I felt alone in the hardest, darkest moments. Like, God, like, um, the breakup that I was talking about my freshman year, like, I was experiencing very severe anxiety attacks after in the aftermath. And for my, and it turns out, like, I was on the wrong medication and I wasn't, you know, being, it took a while for us to kind of, like, iron out my treatment. But, um in those moments, like as I was experiencing this, the only place I found refuge was in the Adoration Chapel. And so very fortunately, there were great missionaries on campus who like let me into the chapel at all nights because it was like the only place I could study. Um, but yeah, in those moments of hardship, like it was, it's God is so present and it, it's hard. I think the real hardship in my life is to remember that when things are good. Mm-hmm. And because it's not in the moments of hardship that I'm doubting God. It's in the moments of, like, goodness when I'm afraid of hardship. Mm-hmm. Kind of what you were saying earlier, Kelsey, of, like, um, once we've experienced, like, really difficult times, we don't want that again. Like, I would do anything to avoid having to suffer greatly again um, as much as we're called to, like, you know, sometimes suffer as Catholics. But uh, it's in the moments of goodness that I feel like I'm really trying to, like, do anything and everything to avoid it even though I know that, like, God has shown me his greatest love and mercy in the times of suffering. Um, so true, because he's there. He's at in that deepest pit of suffering. Like, he is there because he's experienced it. And, like, Jesus on the cross experienced the most profound suffering. He That's this feeling of separation from God, you know. And so, like, no matter what we are going through, like he is, he's the only thing that like we can turn to. Like, yeah, similar experiences of just being in such despair and like literally crying out like a child and just like God is there. Like he's the only one that's there, you know? And um, especially praying with that image of Jesus in the garden, just being there with him. And I remember going through a really 
um, really difficult point in my life. And actually, yeah, I, I was laying on the floor, like yelling. And I this image came to mind of Jesus in the garden. And I just felt like I was in the garden too. And I felt like I was like just bleeding. Like I, I felt that agony of like sweating blood. And then I just realized like, that is not my blood. Like that is Jesus sweating blood. Like he's holding me here and it's his blood, not my own, you know, like, mm-hmm. yes, I'm suffering. I don't want to diminish that, but, um, it's just, it's just a fraction of what he went through. And so he's always going to be there in our deepest suffering because he suffered more. I think one thing that I've noticed um, I do, and it's definitely like temptations, um, is when things are going well, and it's like waiting for the other foot to erupt. When things are going well, like I'm feeling very, very, very loved. I'm like, what's coming? Why, why mm. is this happening? Mm-hmm. You know, what's coming down the street? And having this like feeling of like, clearly you're showering me with love because you're preparing me for something really, really bad to happen. Mm-hmm. And I need to like take, I need to work on that first of all. <laughs> um, but just like understand that like, this isn't a game. Like God isn't out to like test me. He's not out to to hurt me. Like if he's showering me with love or if I'm finally opening my eyes enough to see the love and to feel the love, mm-hmm that's just a gift and I just need to take it for what it is. It's not conditional. It doesn't come with like, all right, enjoy it for the next 10 minutes. Cause like something's coming, you know, like prepping you with consolation for the desolation kind of thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So what do you guys feel like, you know, if we are in a season of goodness, if we are in a season of consolation, maybe, and we are feeling that fear of like waiting for the other foot to drop or like trying to say, put these safeguards in our life to protect us. Like, what are some of the ways you guys feel like you might be able to overcome that? Like, I know for me personally, whenever I feel like, like I said earlier, like one of the big things I cling to is my relationships and I'll like really try to like put a lot of weight in my friends, which isn't fair to like my friends, but it's also, and it's like just not a healthy mindset. Cause like, uh, you know, human beings have other things to attend to kind of thing. And I cannot be like their number one all the time kind of thing. Um, and one of the things that helps me a lot is like the litany of humility, actually, and realizing that like, I have to pause and ask myself, like, can I take care of myself better than God can take care of me? And can I like, if I am trying to put all these safeguards in my life and make my life look as like good and as perfect and whatever is possible, like, if I'm trying to do that myself, like, can I really do that better than God can? Mm -hmm. Um, and praying through the litany of humility and realizing like, Lord, like, desolate me so that you can come in um has been a very powerful like almost escape route from when I start to like put those safeguards in my life I think just leaning into those moments of suffering or loneliness even the small ones that are you know not even circumstantial just when it's Monday and it's gray outside and you feel a little bit lonely just not turning away from that or tuning it out but turning to God there and allowing yourself to feel that um, and know that he is there Mm -hmm. I feel like for me it's leaning into God's consistent presence and like always being aware of it because I often feel in good times especially two springs ago just felt like God was like gonna pull a rug from underneath me Um, and that I was unprotected from that, and that God was basically like, oh, you're good, like, I'll be back, like, to check on you. I think about when I, 
when I tutored math in high school and I would have multiple kids at one time. So it's like you would help one kid and then you would move on to the next. And then sometimes you'd come back and you're like, oh, the kid just took this in like a very wrong direction. And now I'm going to have to like rewind and fix all that. And that's not God. Like he's sitting with us the whole time. And I Mm -hmm. think sometimes we're just, especially for me, like in the good times, very unaware of that. Mm -hmm. So just trying to take that in more um, and be in his presence as simple as that sounds. No, I love that. I think something that has helped me because there are so many moments of consolation and I am not a journaler. I'm terrible at journaling. I'm way too prideful for that because um, <laughs> I try to write my journal as if I'm going to die and become a saint and they're going to find it. <laughs> I'm be like St. Kelsey's diary. <laughs> um, but I do try to jot down, even if it's nothing profound, the moments in which like God has really spoken and it's been very obvious so that in moments of desolation, I can go back to that and be like, God, you are good. In all of this, like, you are good, you have provided. Um, and even moments of desolation, too, because you can go back and just look over the course of your life. I am i don't memorize, like, I've had way too many concussions, and sometimes I can't think of things in, in, in the past. Like, this doesn't come up for me. Um, but if I have it in writing, I can go down and be like, wow, I was in a really dark place. And I can see, like, in the way that I was writing, like, where he came um, mm. and, like, and he consistently shows up. And so, like, yeah, having that documented proof sometimes when we doubt mm-hmm. is really helpful to be like, he has t- shown up time and time again. Um, and he will continue to show up um, because he is good. And, yeah, and something like just a simple prayer of in the moments when you're just, like, really in a dark place. Um, like, there have been times over the last couple of months where I've just felt, like, just really low and I kept repeating, like, you are still good. Like, mm-hmm. please come deliver me. But if not, you are still good. You are still good. And just saying those words, like, even if you don't believe it at first, eventually you start to believe it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, just a simple prayer of, like, God, if not, like, if you don't deliver me out of this right now, you are still good. I love what you said about journaling. I love flipping through my journal and realize, like, I've had the same prayer journal since high school. And realize, like, reading... 18 year old Rachel's like all of the worries on my heart and like, Lord, like how will this ever work out? Whoever is going to take me to prom? Um, (laughs) And like looking back and realizing like, oh, like I was so caught up in this. I was so worried that this wouldn't work out. I was so terrified that like God wouldn't provide in this moment. And like thinking about like, it was so fine. It was totally fine. Mm -hmm. It was so not worth my, like exactly back into the scripture, like, are you going to add any time to your lifespan by worrying? No, (laughs) but yet I do. (laughs) Um, But yeah, my prayer journal acts as a very like humbling reminder of the fact that I have worried about many a thing and a, not once did it improve my quality of life, but, and B like God always delivered and everything, like not one of those prayers has gone unanswered. I think one thing I try to do in those moments, and especially when I notice that I'm starting to go down this path of like very negative thinking, um, is um, just saying a prayer and just telling God, you know, um, it's in your hands and it's your will, not mine. And your will is always going to be better for me than my own. And just um, kind of like surrendering that to him and and telling him I'm scared. Like, I will say, like, I'm so scared that you're going to do this to me. Um, And I need to trust that if it does happen, it's your will and I accept it. And I'm going to need a lot of help from you to get through it. But just like 
putting it in that perspective always changes everything and just knowing that everything is in God's hands as like not a hair falls from your head without God mm-hmm. allowing it to so that's just like thinking of that mm-hmm. I guess on that note um, we can wrap up and go into our little nugs little nugs <laughs> I never know what to call them tokens of our appreciation for you listening that's that's what we call drake (laughs) hi nug nug we will deliver a dog for every listener (laughs) people's nicknames for their dogs are one of my favorite things in the entire world because like the like diminutive of dogs names like drake becomes like dd and dra dra and like (laughs) nugs and yeah drakey drakeycito (laughs) jonathan's favorite is Papisito. <laughs> That's awesome. That's really cute. All right. So what do we want to give the listeners? All right. So this week, if just the kind of the questions that we talked about, but um, I would encourage the listeners to just take some time to think about what are the ways in which you feel like you're putting up safeguards in your own life? Like you, if you are in a time of consolation right now or just in a time of goodness, like what are you afraid of? Are you afraid of the other foot dropping? And if so, like, what are you, are you protecting yourself in any way? Um, and if you are, what are some of the ways in which you can kind of pull yourself out of that and just trust in God a little bit more, be a little bit more dependent on him and uh, trust that, he, yeah, he's not out to get you. And if you feel like that, it's a lie from the devil. Um, yeah. Bye. Just- live your life again (laughs) in the truth of the gospel yeah in the truth of the gospel keep doing what you're doing take those safeguards down (laughs) or like god take them down (laughs) don't do it you can't do anything on your own amen (laughs) goodbye Hey everyone, thanks so much for listening. Daughters is a production of Grexley. To listen to more episodes of our show or to find other great podcasts, visit www.grexley.com. That's G-R-E-X-L-Y.com. You can also support Grexley on Patreon, where you'll get access to behind-the-scenes content and tons of other fun perks. You can find us there at www.patreon.com slash Grexley. We'll see you next time.